0: Hi, it's Christina, and welcome to the Handbag Diaries weekly podcast. Today's guest is Marianne, and she is the founder and publicist of Marite Media, which is a PR and entertainment company. Hi, Marianne, welcome to the Handbag Diaries.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Marianne, so basically, I brought you here today to discuss all things PR, how you got your start in the industry, and kind of your background. So, the first question, you worked for Universal Music.
1: Yes, I worked for Universal Music International um, about eight, nine years ago now.
0: Yeah, so tell me about that journey and how you got your kind of start in music PR.
1: Um, I started, I was first working for PPR, which is a licensing company, and then I just joined up with agencies, music, music um, PR, music agencies for work but mm-hmm. they called Recruitment, that's it, Recruitment Agencies, recoupment agencies um, and kept putting my name around um, for admin jobs, to be honest with you. But then um, just off the, on the off chance, I got a job at Warner Music as a temp, and then I got the job permanently. I stayed there for about a year and a half, and I was doing promotions. I was doing promotions of Pure Garage, and twice as nice compilations, which was really great because it meant I got to go to the end every Sunday, which everybody killed themselves to get into back in the day. <laughs> but I always had VIP, so that was a Ooh, good. Oh,
0: everyone needed to be basically yeah, friends with you. That was a good start. <laughs> and also, you've worked with like artists um, such as Rihanna when she first started, yeah. And when, I, 5. when I um,
1: eventually got um, moved from Warner's and eventually got my job at Universal Music, it was doing international PR um, for the international company. So like Universal Music UK. So what we normally did there was we worked with um, the territories we worked with were um, Southeast Asia, um, South America, um, um, Australia. But sometimes we worked with American Ice, especially when they were new. So when Rihanna was brand new, when she was first signed to Def Jam, we did her PR and her press junkets. And people like Moon Five, Daddy Yankee, if you remember Daddy Yankee back in the day, Jonas Brothers. yeah, we saw when those artists are really new to the UK, when they're first brought over to, to the territory, we used to do their PR for them.
0: And then when they blew up, then they forgot all about us. And then they went on to and bigger they, <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of how you got your start, uh, talk to me about kind of... How I got my start? How you got noticed, basically. How, you know, what is it, for your my skills? Own,
1: for my own PR, basically. Yeah. Um, I, got, I was made redundant um, from Universal Music. Um, in 2008 um, and I ended up really just going on Twitter and just talking and ranting and to be honest, and I was mi- mainly still mad at the music industry so I was ranting about the music industry a lot, so a lot of music industry people did notice me, even though I was under a pseudonym and I had no picture mm-hmm. um, but when I did finally put my picture up a lot of my ex-colleagues said, oh I follow you, I know you <laughs> yeah. um, and some of them approached me to do PR for them to because just checking if I still had if I stole all my contacts from Universal Music, which I did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so some of them had um, been made redundant as mm. well and had were launching their own projects. Yeah. A couple of them were books. It was my first my first um, freelance jobs were books, book launches. Yeah. So I got my start like that, um, just from people noticing my big mouth on
0: Twitter. <laughs> it's very important that when you're working in anywhere to kind of keep relations with people and stuff like that. So yes. were well, you conscious of trying to make sure you... To made to you made those connections.
1: I wasn't conscious of it. At the time, I was just angry, but luckily for me, um the well, unluckily for me and luckily for me, the country was going through a recession, so loads of people got let go mm-hmm. from Universal at the time. Um so we were all in the same boat, we were all angry, so my ranting wasn't it was out of it was even though it was a bit out of order, they were, felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Um and um I had Added a lot of colleagues on my Facebook as well, so they could see what I was doing, mm-hmm. and that was still around and remembered me for being in PR at Universal Music um, International. So yeah, to have PR, to have national international PR contacts is always a plus, mm-hmm. um, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's leverage. So. And
0: obviously, you use them to your advantage to exactly, set up in yeah. media. <laughs> exactly. So tell me quickly about what your company does. When we take with.
1: Marite PR um, Started in I launched it After doing a few Freelance gigs A load of freelance gigs For a few years I launched it in 2011 That's because I just Kept getting work Um, And I just had a landing page Basically had a landing page And an email address And Mm -hmm. a few business cards And and my track record from working with other people doing book launches and stuff. So as people started coming to me, I thought it was important just to have a brand and to have something to, to let them go to and, and say, this is the people that do my PR company. Mm-hmm. The name I was using before was a little bit silly. It was Delicious PR. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I worked, with, no, I, I worked with anyone who would pay me, to be honest, at mm-hmm. first. So it was entrepreneurs. It was presenters. It was um, music artists as yeah. well. Um, and I worked with a few people who were just starting out and I felt like they had a big enough following that they can not t- t- talk, t- talk to people about me as well. People like Ramal London, right. who's great now. She's on One yeah, Extra. she's doing she's really on well. She's doing really, really well, exactly. So I worked with her at first as well. I got her first bits of PR for her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and just, just putting my name out there, networking. I went to every networking event I could possibly go to, especially when I got 3,000 business cards. Like, right, I'm getting rid of 1,000 of these this week. So I went every single networking really? event
0: I could possibly go to. In terms of networking strategy, because I, I think for me, I now look for quality over mm, yeah. quantity. But I still, still sometimes unsure. Like, should I be going to more? Should I be coming back? Like, how many was you going to well, a week? I went to everything I could think of.
1: I think back then, when we're talking about now, we're talking about
0: 2011. Yeah. Um, when
1: people decide everybody starts doing thing now it's like the normal thing to it's do. the norm now It's, it's the the norm. Cool. even it's if the you're trend. nine to five <laughs> you literally have a side hustle back then it wasn't so much like that there wasn't a lot of people doing it's a networking events where we few and far between mm-hmm. um and I was specifically looking for black businesses because I felt like I want to champion black businesses I want to help black businesses yeah. I want to do black PR that's what I wanted mm-hmm, to do mm-hmm. So I was fine, and there weren't many around, to be honest, there wasn't many. So I was going to Birmingham, I was going to Manchester, any little, any networking event I could find, I was going to, and, mm. and giving out my business card. Now, definitely look for. For the quality, because you'll get networking events where people are there and have got no clue. Especially from for my line of work, yeah, they don't know what they. The people used to come to me and ask me for business ideas. and like, We well, have a good idea to start a business. Why am I going to give it to exactly. <laughs> you? You got to pay me. <laughs> exactly. Why would I? Why would I give you a business idea? So literally, you will meet people who are there just to find out what everybody else is doing and just probably yeah. steal it. So right. Go to now. I've been in business a few years now, so now definitely I I go to. Um, networking events where people are maybe not start-up, start, their business have been running for a couple of years and, you know, they've made a little bit of profit and now they're trying to take the business to, a, to the next level, so they're sort of mid, mid-level business, got maybe three or four employees. Okay. Now I target those people. Right. Is it black business owners or just anyone no, in general? No, owners? it's not just black now. Okay, um, so you've opened so, up. So, yeah, I've opened up because um, I want to make more money. But you still support? Sense. All day, it Well, <laughs> I, I have... Marite PR evolved into Marite Media at the end of last year, and that was at the end of 2015, sorry, and that was because um, I could add more services. So PR really expanded with social media. There's so Mm -hmm. much you can, we had to, the PR industry had to amalgamate social media into PR strategies, otherwise you're just losing, exactly. So we had to amalgamate that, and traditional PR is kind of like, it's not to the wayside, but it's still it's still important but you have to be able to do loads of other things and one thing that I definitely do um, that I don't think a lot of other people do is video biographies for my clients Ooh, that's really um, good yeah so basically it's all like a trailer to a trailer you'll see a movie trailer but I make trailers for their business
0: right so like intro videos when you yeah. go to their to their YouTube Their pages. Or their, pages or their like, brand pages. Yeah, exactly.
1: I'll make okay. a, a video. And I try to encourage them to, to put themselves on. A lot of people don't want to um, put themselves so on forward. camera. Yeah. So I encourage them to have somebody, a face of the brand. So that's one thing that we do. We do a lot of media training. So I'd, I, I expanded the business to include that. So there's video editing to learn. There's lighting to learn. There's sound. There's all that stuff to learn. Um, and so what I also... In, together was Mute Media Foundation mm-hmm. so within the foundation um, there's lots of charitable things that we can do but one of them is still helping black startups right. with their social media mm-hmm. and with their PR
0: mm-hmm. okay. so we keep i still championing our people <laughs> that's good that's good yeah. that's what I like to hear so since starting your company what aspects of freelancing have you found challenging
1: um the normal que- answer to that question would be finding clients, but I find that quite easy. The other thing would be um, time management. That's mm-hmm. one thing, knowing how to how much time mm-hmm. to spend on each client, um, mm-hmm. and I work that out with sounds really really bad, but I work that out with pay. I mean, the, if the more money you're paying me, the more money I'm going to spend on your on your, your um, on your campaign. So um, how I work out how how I get paid is at first I was just getting things out of the year the first person that paid me paid me £500 so that was kind of like my minimum £600 was my minimum Um, and I never went I I kind of did go below that but depending on who they were and you know and what their circumstances were but then to work you, you have to work out how much would you pay for it
0: Right, that's the first. Thing. I think that's really hard. Like it is a lot hard. of freelancers find it, especially in the beginning, quite difficult to understand what you're worth and what you, what you should charge for a your services. A lot of freelancers
1: undercharge because you think, why are you going to come to me and pay me a thousand pounds because that's what you're going to give them? And what you have to work out is how much time you're spending, how much resources you're using, how much research you're doing, mm-hmm. how much tax you're going to pay, how much you're going to pay yourself, how much is going to go back into the business. You have to do all of that type of accounting before you work out how much you're going to, how much you're going to charge people. Mm-hmm. So um it's at, like £2,000 per month sounds like a lot for PR. It's not. Mm. It's not when you want to be on BBC News. No, exactly. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. £200 when you want to be on BBC News, that's not going to happen. Well, I might get you BBC News just for that one £200 right. and then you won't get anything right. else.
0: That's all you'll get. Mm, you mm. get one piece of PR mm-hmm. for £200. So... In terms of like reach, do you basically quantify it based on the reach you're giving them, or the exactly and what that will return? What that yeah exactly what Mm. you I mean
1: I mean people don't understand that PR is not selling tickets, it's not getting people to sign up to their website, it's not getting people to buy your products. I I can't quantify that. That's not what it is. It's raising awareness of your brand. Mm -hmm. So the, the 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 bigger if I get you on BBC News, that's going all over the world that is millions and millions and millions and millions of people. So potentially you could have millions of customers offer that one interview. So that is how you quantify it. Right. As opposed to being on in like a local newspaper that's going to 10, 20,000 people. Right. That's how you quantify it. You might not, you might get more press or more um, sales from the local newspaper than you get from BBC news, but that's not something that we can measure. It's impossible for us to measure that. We're not doing marketing sales. But it is the reach of and the audience that we're putting you out to and, and getting you on there. Because obviously, if you're going to be on BBC News, everybody wants to be on BBC News. It's going to be really, really hard to get you on there. It's going to be my skills as a publicist, the way I've sold your story to the producers, that's going to get you on there in the first place. Yes, I see what so that's what you're paying me for. Mm. Because not every publicist can
0: do that. Right. And I've been on BBC News a couple of times, so I can. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: also, I wanted to go back to what a point that you touched on about in the face of the brand and yeah. putting yourself in front of the brand for me as a designer handbag designer I like, literally I'm still skeptical about <laughs> especially if it's still new you know so what would what tips could you give to me because or interested people in general that are in the same boat they look quite shy or they don't really want to be seen or they just want to be behind the scenes and to be blunt get over it because
1: <laughs> to be, because I tell you why social media. Reality T V, YouTube, yeah. Snapchat, everything's instant. Mm-hmm. And everybody's nosy. To right. <laughs> to use for it's want true. of a better word, everybody wants to see <laughs> what's happening. So for you so for you to come out and you want people to buy from you, to trust you and buy from you and then be anonymous. It's not going to happen. You have to let people, people buy people. Right. People buy the idea. People changed? buy the aspirations. Because it hasn't changed, no. Is it
0: always been this way? It has
1: pretty much always been this way. It was easier to be anonymous before. Right. We're talking about going back 10 years. Yeah. Before we had Facebook and things like that. When PR back then, um, it was kind of, you had to literally be in a magazine or in a newspaper and there were only s- small amounts of of slots that you could fill so you really had to build a PR story behind especially when we was doing music we had to build their story that's why sometimes people lie about their age and, and right. say they come from humble beginnings when they come from a middle class right. family you right. really had to build, build a,
0: story. a story
1: to get the newspapers and magazines interested to get your your artists in there now you just put them in snapchat
0: Right, you can just put them
1: on Snapchat or put them on Insta stories or Facebook live and they can tell the story themselves or like what I do do a video biography and they can tell their story themselves and broadcast it to millions and millions of people right. in the drop of a hat I so it's not so much building the story now everybody wants to see you instantly so to have an anonymous brand is not going to work it might work as a gimmick but eventually somebody's going to want to know what
0: you look like
1: <laughs> eventually well, somebody's going to want to know she who said you it are. Herself, yeah. you know so, you have yeah. to be seen <laughs> so you just have to really um PR is a story Mm. to tell or something to sell. So what you have to sell is your handbags. What's your story? Mm. That's the two things: the who and the why. Why are you selling them? What got you into making handbags in the first place? Why? Who? What? Why was it your passion? It's something. Just think of you. Think about your what your brand story is. Right. And then put that together and stick to that. Yes. stick to that story <laughs> and don't be scared to show people behind the scenes of your brand how you make your bags how you make your yeah. fabric that's the type
0: of things that people, people want to see, see. definitely yeah. I agree I agree this year I've started to think about building my brand yeah. building D, D brand, <laughs> building A brand and just in general I've noticed you know just by watching people that I admire that oh this is actually brand building here yes. you know so what what would you um, tips would you kind of give on building a brand
1: um, pick the, whatever industry you're in, um, pick the, the four or five or maybe three or four social media platforms um, that have the most followers, that, that your people in your industry use the most. Right. Don't try and go on everything. Everything, yeah. You're never going to Even with, with things like Hootsuite where you can schedule your posts, you're never going to be able to update. Your, you have to be consistent. You're never going to be able to be consistent on seven, eight different platforms. It's not going to happen. So pick two, three. And really hammer those ones. Make sure they're the ones that um, are are the most used in your brand. So handbags definitely Instagram mm-hmm. is going to be the good thing It's big my one favorite one, to yeah. be honest. It's everyone's favorite Instagram, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it yeah, is. Instagram's definitely going to be the best one for you. And now um, it's got the Insta stores. It's got a live feature. Just they've just built out the like, live features also. Well, it's got everything built in there for you. That's going to be the best one. And Pinterest is going to be a good one for you as well. Yeah, Pinterest. Um, also, um, oh God, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> No, how, how to build, build a brand. brand I'm so yeah. sorry I just lost my train of that's fine yeah. yeah so pick the two platforms that you're on also um, I think what I, what I like to see especially on Instagram is some type of cohesion mm-hmm. um, have your brand story if your if your logo is pink have pink in all your pictures somewhere even if it's just a board. so basically
0: art direct the whole yeah, Instagram be,
1: be, yeah have it cohesive be a cohesive brand let it look professional as possible mm. I'm doing this thing now where all my pictures on Instagram look like they're polaroids right like they're floating floating I put a, like a drop shadow behind it they all look like they're floating polaroids that's just the last time for the last six months I've been doing white backgrounds before that I was doing all
0: black backgrounds yeah. just do something it's peer. like me it's always changed like I feel like I've changed my strategy about six times yeah but
1: that's fine but
0: then now I yes. think I'm on the right one. <laughs> yeah.
1: But that's fine it because when people flick through, they see that you've it put thought into, into it. it. But all your backgrounds are black, and then all your black backgrounds are white, and then all your pictures are polar words. They see that you've put thought into it. So it's just being strategic and, and ha- having a cohesive brand. And also, um, think about, like I said before, your story and who you're talking to and what you're telling them. Mm-hmm. But also be consistent. Make sure you're posting at least two, three times a day. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I saw a tip today that really pissed me off <laughs> I'm really pissed. when people come out with these things like, oh my god someone's gonna pay you for that crap they said when you're putting up an Instagram post make sure every single post should have a call to action no 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 I don't believe
0: that somebody
1: I going say who but it was a company it was a communications company that said this no social media people always seem to forget especially when you're doing it with a brand they forget about the social part mm,
0: people are not it's on it's about there.
1: interaction it's about interaction Engagement. you're not gonna sit down and watch an advert all day, you watch the programs, and then in between they've got the adverts. Exactly. So if you think about, if you put that policy to your social media, especially your social media um, platforms, eighty percent is human. So what you, I mean, if your if your if your brand is my brand used to be Marita Media Girl. So that means I could talk about the business because that's the beginning of the name, and the ending of the name is girl because that's me. Mm-hmm. That I can talk about what I ate, I can talk about what I did, I can talk about my children. Exactly. That's how I amalgamated the name. I've separated them now. I've just got my retail media and my one is Miss M Miles personal. Mm-hmm. But I can still I still talk about my my business and my stuff on my personal one, but mm-hmm. on my retail media one that's clients, that's Mm, all work. -hmm, There's mm -hmm. no food, there's no cats, there's no children. So basically (laughs) separate the personal from the business. Exactly. Or if you're gonna put them together, make sure it's reflected in the name. Right. And what you do is eighty percent has to be human and twenty percent is business. So if you're selling something, twenty by all means put your adverts on there but make it only twenty percent of your content. Because nobody wants to sit down and watch you selling things all day. You're just people will switch off. Yeah. Or um, because Instagram is so diverse now, you can. what I normally tell clients is on the Insta stories part, put up your adverts on there.
0: Right, a lot of people will start to do yeah. that now.
1: Put your adverts on Insta stories and on your main timeline, keep that personal. Mm. Or into, or you can intercede. But definitely, if you want to do both at the same time, put your adverts on Insta Stories. But never do both at the same. Never put an advert on Insta Story and an advert on your timeline. That's ridiculous. Mm. Okay. But yeah, do not. Whoever, if you've read the same thing
0: I read today, ignore <laughs> that. Ignore nonsense. it. Marianne said, ignore it. <laughs> so, Marianne, what are you doing currently in PR that you feel is pushing boundaries and what is expected from the norm?
1: Looking at my peers, other people who are doing PR, like the same level of PR that I'm doing, the video biographies definitely is something that nobody else has... I started about like, two years ago. Mm. Nobody else um, doesn't. A lot of my clients were very, very, very reluctant at first. Like, what are you doing? I don't want to do this. This is not PR. I don't. I'm don't. i trying to explain to them that it's the best way to get themselves out there, especially with video. Now, you know, 2016 video was the biggest thing. Um, sure. So, yeah, I, I, I jumped on that from... 2014 I jumped on that So yeah I was definitely Pushed the boundaries there Um In terms of the way I do PR I noticed that A lot of my peers Basically just do The bare minimum They just go to All the black Um Publications or, Or Um and just just do just what I, what I call the bare minimum what I and I and when you look at their clients and their social media there's no cohesion I always also always tell my clients that your social media is your PR remember that mm. even even your personal social media is your PR so if if I put something in a press release it's supposed to be on your Instagram at some point it's supposed to be your Twitter on some point it's supposed to be in your Facebook on some point there's no way you cannot have it there because journalists. I don't think people realize that journalists, regardless of what you put in a press release, they go straight. They jump straight on your, on your, on your social media and see what you're talking mm-hmm. about. So I always tell them that everything that they, you're doing is PR, and you have to carry yourself like this all the time. Now,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think when Beyonce came out with. Um, not um, Lemonade The album before Lemonade I think she just dropped um, The one that had The black four. with the pink Is it four? I can't remember the name No it's is not, it. Beyonce it just Something Be- Beyonce yeah, yeah the one that had Flawless and Drunk In yeah. Love on it That album When she did that album Everybody came out And said oh my gosh, She just dropped the album And it went straight to number one With no promotion Rubbish Everything Beyonce does Is promotion exactly. Every single thing she does So before that She had done that Bow Down Bitches song She sang at the inauguration For pre- um, President Obama And she done a few Other things as well Um and, and, and what people's not realising even though she's not saying I'm bringing out an album every single every time she's in public that's PR mm. she, she is promoting herself and her brand mm. and if, I think they pay for a PR campaign and they think that's it three months and that's no everything you do is PR mm. everything you do if, as long as you're constantly working and you're constantly creating products to sell mm-hmm. everything that and you're the face of your brand every sing, big single thing you do is um, selling your brand. So, for instance, for you, you should always have a handbag on you. Every single picture that you're in should have one of your handbags in the I'm always with my red handbag, <laughs> <laughs> That and red I mean, handbag is my trademark. <laughs> that's, and that's one thing. And I think one thing I did early on as well, especially on Instagram, was create a hashtag, um, hashtag, hashtag. for my clients. I know another p- person said, never hashtag yourself. You have to hashtag yourself. Mm. You have to, because... What hashtags do, especially on Instagram, they create an instant search um, feature for, your, for you and your brand and an instant gallery. Mm-hmm. So you hashtag yourself on your picture. Other people are going to hashtag you as well. Right. And teach people to hashtag you. Create your hashtag for yourself. We used to do them on Twitter. when I mean, we was doing Twitter chats or live events. But on, has, on Instagram, it's, it's better because it's visual. The one thing I create I did early on with every single client I had back in 2013, as soon as we jumped on Instagram, I use the hashtag for my clients like, what are you doing that for what's the point of hashtagging yourself because anybody that touches that hashtag is going to create an instant gallery of everything my client's done is doing yeah on whatever whether she puts it up they put it up or I put it up or someone or or, or they've been in the press and the press have put it up or websites put it up mm-hmm. on their Instagram everything they've done is going to come up on Instagram so right. an instant gallery it's almost like an instant online an instant website for you that's got all your results on it perfect I think that's one thing I jumped on early on as well and I think um, in terms of media in terms of black media one thing I'm going to do I'm not going to tell you too much okay. um, but um, I'm bringing out three online platforms right. um, for for caribbean for fashion and for business oh exactly (laughs) daunting task yes but you know what um yeah i'm older now i'm bipolar why not let me just go (laughs) (laughs) you're a bipolar person listen they say that don't stop when people are crazy enough to do something don't stop them from it's doing true. it so I love those to, are the those are the those are the ones that succeed if exactly. it fails it fails but I'm gonna I've never seen anybody do that before especially not from a UK perspective just bring out and and all of these brands are going to go to print they will go to print all three of them mm-hmm. gonna start off with online magazines they're gonna go to print one's mm-hmm. gonna have a TV channel um and, we're, and one's going to have a radio show so all of these three brands are going to come out in the next couple of years and that's what I'm working
0: towards so yeah sounds very exciting I'm going to push that boundary a bit more definitely sure. <laughs> can't wait to see it so what books have you read and um, I've uh, read what's helped I've read
1: business books there was a, a book called The New Rules of Marketing and PR and they keep updating it to include social media and stuff but that one has every basic trick that you need to do to do your own marketing and PR there are right. loads of PR books but that one just hits everything on the nose. Who's it by? Do you remember? Oh, I'm gonna, I can't Don't remember worry. the name of the person. I'll link you. I'll find it a yeah, link. But it's, it's the new rules of marketing and PR, but they do keep updating it. Okay. So um, get the latest version. And it just hits everything on the nose. Everybody has the secrets to PR, the secrets to business. There. Yeah. It's the basics. It's, it's, step by step. It's just step by step basic things that you need to do. And that one just hits everything on right. the nose every time. And um, with with what you need to do for your brand, you can literally read that book and then go off and do PR on your own. Okay, it's really easy. And one personally, um, Shonda Rhimes,
0: the Year of Yes. Yes, I've heard about <laughs> that. The Year of Yes. Yeah, because Shonda Rhimes is like a writer, producer, is, yeah, director. A
1: She's a writer and she produces shows in for ABC in America. How to Get Away with Murder, Scandal. Yeah, I love
0: Scandal, but yeah. I haven't watched that many episodes. I literally watched the first series. Oh, no, I need she's to get into put
1: it. black woman at the forefront on UK TV, on American TV. TV she yeah. actually has um, Thursday nights are called Shonda nights, um, in America because she has three shows on one network for the yes, whole of Thursday night. Yes, she's nights. basically dominating the Dominators. industry. And she wrote a book um, called The Year of Yes. And when you read the first couple of par- um, chapters, what she says is that even though you know she, her work is her work, but in her personal life. She never. She whenever anybody invited her out, invited her to do anything, invited her to speak on a panel. She said, "She always said no. She always said no to things that to were it outside of outside of her comfort zone." Mm. Um, so then, and it was, if I think, if I think it was someone's birthday, and because she's obviously very busy, because she's very successful, she's got three shows on national TV. Um, she was supposed to go somewhere, and her friend goes, "Are oh, you never going anywhere anyway?" And then she heard that somebody that you know, her friends or her family family got together. And like, why didn't you invite me? Because you never go? <laughs> That's why. Yeah. You never go. So she made a decision to um, say yes okay. to everything. And the first thing she said yes to was a massive speaking engagement in front of thousands of people. So she would definitely, if she it was, two, they asked her two days before, she would have said no. Exactly. But because she made a, a, um, a promise to herself she said yes to it and immediately regretted it
0: mm. but
1: she had to build up to it and that was the first thing she said yes to but in the months building up to that event she said yes to loads of other things as well and it just it just opened up her perspective mm. even though she was so successful anyway these things just opened her up to just a whole new life um and I and I realized that I'm stuck in my business I'm stuck in being a mother as well mm-hmm. and there's loads of things. i I don't go to clubs with my friends anymore because i just sit in the corner and be on Twitter. I find it so boring. But there's so many other things that I could be doing that I don't... It's out of my comfort zone. Somebody invited me to the opera. The hell am I going there for?
0: <laughs> but you never make exactly. give you some inspiration. So, so yeah.
1: I, I, I started doing things like that. Just saying mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. to things. And
0: so what... Um, you're both going to ask this question. <laughs> so what are stuff that you've done maybe in the last... Well, last year leading up to this year that you said yes to that outside your comfort zone the
1: main thing I said yes to was time of the month which was a YouTube chat show a panel show um which there's no way in hell would have ever done I'm a publicist I'm behind the scenes I'm behind the camera I put my clients on TV and I put my clients on on radio mm-hmm. I don't do things like that myself but they came to they approached me via my Twitter um, and asked me to do it and I was like damn I just read that book <laughs> okay I said yes I went to the audition um I can't speak on camera I'm rubbish I'm so rubbish at it but I said yes to it and it was the best thing I did mm. um it was we did six shows six or seven shows I think I did it was once a month um, for six months last year um, and it was the best thing I did. It brought me right out of my comfort zone. I'm crapping. I'm still crapping in front of the camera. Yeah. I hate the way I look on TV. I hate the way I sound. Oh, no. But I but watching myself yeah. was very cathartic, and it just made me it brought me way out of my shell. Right. I wouldn't be doing yeah. this now, to be honest. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing <laughs> I wouldn't be doing interviews or anything like this now if it wasn't for that.
0: Okay. So that definitely, show. it's kind
1: of it made me open my eyes. open myself up to, mm. to more possibilities and just to. Just, it sounds like no way don't do it man but just if, if if i say to myself my first thought is no way don't do it that means i have to you should do be it. doing it that means i should be doing it and that's mm. how i live now and it's, it's it's made me just more open person
0: i think for me what have i said yes to that i've been afraid to say yes to oh <laughs> i think doing this podcast You said like, this this podcast for me it's me coming out of my shell because I'm quite shy as well and I'm quite behind the scenes. It's, you know, I did not really like the sound of my voice. So actually doing this is one of my yeses for this year. It's brilliant because it's it's a very public thing to do. Even yeah, it you're is, putting off, yourself out there. On camera, yeah. It's a very yeah, I'm thing not ready to, to go on camera yet. This is why I'm doing this. It's kind of like... I know. <laughs> step one, oh podcast. Step two, <laughs> camera. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, yeah, I probably this is something that I've, you know push myself to do this year thank you so much thank Marianne. you for having thank me you. where can the lovely people find you
1: you can find me on twitter at miss m miles and on instagram at miss m miles and my company on twitter and instagram and facebook is at Marite media
0: uh, and do you have any final words of encouragement
1: yes go for it go for it don't be scared and um, whatever you want to do do it and also do not be scared of failure one thing that 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 book also taught me is don't be scared to fail if you're not failing you're not growing so Mm. you're supposed to do things wrong that's life exactly you have to do things wrong you have to fail in order for to learn and grow so trip up fall 97 times just get up 98 times
0: thank you so much take care Bye.